Welcome to the Industrial Talk Podcast with Scott McKenzie. Scott is a passionate industry professional dedicated to transferring cutting-edge, industry-focused innovations and trends while highlighting the men and women who keep the world moving. So put on your hard hat, grab your work boots, and let's go. All right, once again, thank you very much for joining Industrial Talk, a platform dedicated to you industrial professionals all around the world because you are bold, brave, you dare greatly, you're making lives you're changing lives, and you're making my life better. Thank you very much for what you do. We are, as you can tell, buzzy buzz in the background. We are broadcasting on-site IoT Solutions World Congress 2023, and put this on your calendar. You get great people like Brian, who's sitting right next to me, and he's going to be in the hot seat. But you get great people like him, solving problems, passionate about helping you succeed. All right, once again, in the hot seat, Brian Laughlin. Boeing is the company... That's a small company, right? Boeing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'd heard it. And we're, we're going to be talking, what are we going to be talking about? Outside of cars, which we've been talking about quite a bit. Right. Um, AI, about, right? Yeah, well, XR. Weren't we, weren't XR. we supposed to be talking about AI? Yeah, what, what? Well, a little bit, maybe a little bit of that. No, what? You just said it. X, XR. Yeah. See? I don't know what that is. <laughs> you do. All right. You having a good conference? When did you no. get in, by the way? I got in uh, yesterday, jet lag like crazy, but uh, yeah, Barcelona is amazing. I haven't had a chance to, to come out here, so it's, I'm excited. Day one to visit. is always sort of you fly in, you do day one, and you're like, okay, right? you got to get that sort of get that engine sort of rolling a little bit before you start venturing into well, you know where. Yeah. So, so with that, give us a little background, who you are, why you're an incredible professional. See how I did that? Well, thank you. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah, good. Tell us background. So, uh, Dr. Brian Laughlin, I'm a tech fellow for the Boeing Company. Um, up doctor, on- he just he doesn't have a card because <laughs> I didn't know he was a doctor. <laughs> now, now, now that I know he's a doctor, continue, doctor. Oh, um, 30 years at Boeing coming up this year, be my 30th anniversary. I started when I was six, so I'm actually very young. Yeah, I got um, a head of hair that I, <laughs> that I want. Continue. <laughs> It's it's turning gray, so um, yeah. Stand in line, right. give me a break. <laughs> uh, yeah, like oh my gosh. Go ahead. So um, yeah, um, done a lot of different things at Boeing. Started out as a mechanic on the factory floor, and uh, worked my way through a lot of different jobs in in the in the factory. Um, material planner, capacity planner, tool coordinator, systems engineer. I've um, done a lot of things. Um, PhD is in uh, human factor psychology, uh, specializing in advanced huh. visualization. So um, doing a lot of work most recently with uh, XR, Extended Reality, which includes uh, See, augmented Come on, you guys. Come on. So uh, I'm writing down human factor because I, I, I have that as a point that uh, I want to talk about. But then, then you have Extended Reality. I'm still trying to get – you've got Augmented, right? Uh-huh. you got Virtual, right? and then you got Extended now. So Extended is kind of an umbrella term that – Subsumes both augmented and virtual, and yeah. also you'll hear about mixed reality. So there, there's subtle differences. <laughs> Come on, get the lexicon together. Go ahead, go ahead. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, so, so the real power of it is, you know, we're we're largely visual animals, and so being able to to take things that we're trying to understand, work instructions, things like that, for mechanics in the factory, for example, and being able to make those visual. Um, crosses a, a lot of uh, problems off the list. Um, it, it, it's, a, it's a much richer way to communicate 
And so instead of trying to tell you in very terse text in kind of a, a bulletized fashion, if I can rather show you exactly what I would like to have done, um, it tends to make the process much easier and, and less hard on the mechanics in terms of have to imagine all this stuff, do all the gymnastics in their head to figure out what it is I'm asking them to do. So we, we find some pretty amazing uh, benefits from the use of uh, extended reality in fact. How does it how does it differ from augmented? Where's where I get it. I see it. I would don't don't slap in front of me a big old long list of instructions all written right. in whatever type whatever. Uh, uh, yeah, if you could show it to me that would be great. Tell us the difference. I mean just the subtle difference. Sure. So um, there's actually a, a spectrum of, of realities or uh, kind of augmentation uh, by the, the, it's called the Milgram spectrum and basically augmented and virtual reality are, are pretty much on opposite ends of that spectrum um, with virtual reality it's completely immersive so I basically want to replace your version of the world with mine and I want you very much to believe in this this world that I'm substituting it with and I want you to interact with it in the same way that you would in the real world with augmented reality, I don't want to do that at all. I actually want to have the real world persist. I just want to add digital assets to that world. And then I want you to be able to interact with those, ideally, as if they're, they're real. So they, they are dramatically different and almost diametrically opposed in terms of the kind of use cases that you would use them for. Um, virtual reality is really helpful when you're wanting to do uh, training, for example, like onboarding. We, we do we're doing quite a, a bit of work with that. Um, with virtual reality, it's nice because I can I can put people into potentially dangerous situations, digital, and have them practice doing skills or learning wow. how to do some kind of a procedure, while mitigating pretty much all the risk associated with that. Um, huh. Yeah, it's, it's really powerful. Now that that's way. powerful. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then with with augmented reality, I, I can the nice thing about that is I can actually provide you with additional. Um, Using digital assets, I can provide you with additional instructions or information about the task you're doing. So, one of the really good use case examples that we've done, we did a project at Boeing, was on the tanker tanker wiring solution. And we were having issues with mechanics trying to do pre-route on the wiring inside the 767 tankers, and the problem was, um, well, it's a it, it's a multitude, but um, if you think about the process of what it takes to actually wire an airplane, there's a lot of variables. <laughs> I, I, when you when you were talking about working from the floor on up and you'd be a part of that whole whole process, all I could think about is all the cables and the. That, 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 I don't know how you guys do it. Oh, it, it, you know, I, I've been fortunate to be a mechanic in, earlier in my life, and uh, I'm in awe of these folks. Like you know, people think, oh, those those mechanics. You know that that a lot of times they they don't think about how how artisan, uh, how deeply technical uh, craftsmen level of work that these folks do like it, I have a very deep respect for these folks and they work really hard every day you know to build the best planes uh, in the industry so I'm really proud of them as well and, and I understand what it takes because I did that firsthand so I'm, a, I'm the ultimate user champion for these folks but with the the particular um, the tanker wiring in particular um, the problem that these folks have you know you think about the process you know once upon a time we had these things called phone books and we would try to look up a phone number you know and I don't know about you, but it always seemed like the phone book was somewhere remote from the phone. And so I would open up the phone book, and I would go to find the number, and then what would I do? I'd read it out loud. I'd start repeating it, yeah. right? And, and I'm, the reason why we do that is what you're using initially is, is called your iconic memory. It's a few milliseconds. It's very fleeting. 
If you look at something and look away real quick, if you pay really close attention, you'll see kind of this almost a, a, a negative image. Yes. That, and it, it fades yes. very quickly. That's, that's yeah. called your iconic memory. Well, so we kind of know this intrinsically. We, um, and so what we do is we crutch that. And what you do is when you read it, you say it out loud. What you're starting is called a phonetic loop. So you say it out loud, you hear it, you say it out loud. And if you continue to repeat it before the, the, the amount of time it takes to decay, which is about roughly six seconds, right? Um, then you can maintain that in your, what's called your working memory. However, if your kid comes up and says, hey, dad, and it exceeds that time frame, now what? I have to go look it up again because it's decayed. I've lost that. Right, so if you think about something as simple as remembering a, a seven-digit phone number, for example, um, that's hard enough. But the folks that are wiring these airplanes, they have to think about the tools that they're going to use. They have to think about the location of the plane. They're looking at a multitude of standoffs, for example, to hang wiring. So to think about what position relative to the standoff, what position on the standoff is it. There's just a whole bunch of things. So it makes that uh, the phone number remembering you know, process Frankly, it's an embarrassment, relatively speaking. It's so much more intricate and involved, and they have to do this right. It's critical. And so uh, the nice thing with augmented reality is instead of having them do all these mental gymnastics to try to remember these things, um, and, and, and the way, by the way, the, the way they do this traditionally is they print off this big old long plotter paper. It's a drawing, right? And it'd be bad enough if it was one contiguous drawing. I'm not kidding. They're 20-plus foot long at times. And they have to go through, and it, instead of one contiguous drawing, it's a bunch of chopped up sectional views. So they take a highlighter and they go through each of these different views, and they mark the ones that pertain to what they're going to do. There's no room to put this on the plane, and so they cut it up into a book, and they walk onto the plane, and they flip back and forth really quickly as they look around and, and kind of build this mental image and kind of this road map or this plan of how they're going to do this wiring. So you think about all that, and it's noisy in, in, the, in the plane. They have to manage the tools. They have to manage the wiring harness itself. There's people walking around. There's just so much going on. So take all that, and, and instead of that, we could actually take the drawings and they put on a, a headset, a lens headset, and we initialize the headset, and they look up, and they can just see the wiring harness floating above them. And then they simply connect the dots. And it's absolutely amazing. When they don't have to do all the mental gymnastics to do that job, um, the performance came up dramatically. I, I was just going to say, that just that... The simple fact that it just—I don't have to flip, relook, relook, relook to make sure that it's right. Yeah. You know, there's a there's <laughs> that. No way. How in, in that in that use case? How do you ensure the um, the augmented side stays up to date? So you, you're the. And all of a sudden, I'm dependent on this. Right. And that, that better be right. Yes. It's like GPS, right? Yes. Don't yes. ask me to read a map. Yes. I can't do it. That's yeah. a really good question. So when we initialize the system, we actually pin it to, to, to the real world, right? So we have uh, certain points, and we actually have developed some techniques that, where we can make it more exacting. We can actually locate it, say, this point here, this point here. We physically touch it with, with a particular, it's almost like a ferrule arm, if you know what those are. Um, so when we initialize, we give it exact points that we know where that location is and then set the model to that. Right? And, and then through a series of, of processing, it uses a technology called SLAM. It stands for Simultaneous Location Mapping. The more um, kind of oversampling that we do of that, the better the fit tends to be for that model and the environment. So um, sometimes you'll have aberrations, you'll have little you know, things that can happen. It's not perfect. 
but it's incredible how much better it is you know, through the use of this kind of technology. And in the case of airline manufacturing, plane and manufacturing, uh, there's no room yes. for flaws. Thank you. Appreciate that. So, that, so what you were just describing, just to it, is that part of that human factor? It, it because right. you're you're just pulling in that whole how we because you're bringing up some great points. Is that all a part of that? It, it really is. Um, so human factors is, is about understanding and, and kind of studying what are the capabilities and limitations of, of the human element in any system. And so with that example that I just gave, and by the way, there's other ways that we use augmented reality. We use it with tablets. And I, I don't want to, you know, it, right. it, it depends on what the situation is as to what device is best to use. I don't ever want anybody to think that I'm, you know, all in on some particular device. It, it's never about the technology, by the way, it's always about the process. The technology is simply enabler for processes, good or bad, and indiscriminately so. So it's really critical that you understand what you're doing and then work out the correct process to optimize that, taking all the garbage out of the process and then enable that with the technology. It's really See, important. somebody was telling me about uh, in a conversation here, and it was it was people process. And, it, and, and the technology sort of Make sure the people and the processes are all nailed down. Work that, work that. And then the technology is, is I can't say easier, but it at least it serves a greater purpose. You see where it fits. It's absolutely true. Yeah, like I said, technology is indiscriminate. So you can take the, the, the dangerous part. So in a nutshell, from my opinion, technology controls, accelerates, and or distributes information. Mostly, right? If you're lucky, it'll do some combination of those. The problem with it is that accelerate piece, because I can take a really garbage process and speed it up, right, the accelerate part, but it's still the same garbage process, it's just really fast, so I have garbage at the speed of light now, not a good good look, right, so it's best to go in, first of all, start with the soul of your intention, what are you trying to do, what are you really trying to accomplish, what do you, what do you hope to attain out of this? Once you really understand that, then work on the process, make sure that you really focus on streamlining and getting all the kind of... Um, garbage parts out of there, all the waste out of it. And then and only then look to technology to control it's already and distribute. And if you do that, the really wonderful thing about that is and by the way, you do this with your end user, not two or four of them. Okay. I was just gonna you know <laughs> you could see it going on my head and going, yeah, I and, and that end user doesn't like to go through that detail sometimes and you have to sit them in that and then say, no, you see this box don't gloss over it. What? What? You know, and get some detail on that. Yes. Yeah. I, um, that's that is, and that's a really big thing that a lot of times we miss as technologists. We think it's about the technology, and it really never is. It's always about the process, and like you said, the people. That's very sage. Um, the big part of this is that end users. We have to make sure that they that we understand. We have to go hat in hand and bended knee and be willing to humble ourselves and actually listen to what it is that they need. And a lot of times they'll tell you what they want. That's another thing. People think that gathering requirements is really easy. Usually what you get is what I call desirements. It's not a requirement at all. It's a Christmas list of what I like, like that. to have. Desirements. I'm going to steal that because you're right. Been there, done that. You're absolutely right. Well, and I'm, I'm even subject to it, and, and I rail about this stuff. I talk about it. I know better, but I'm, I'm still human. And so when I go to buy a new phone, I geek out. I, I look at you know, how, what's the processing speeds, how, many, how much memory, you know. 
without ever stopping and saying, do I really, does it really matter that much? What am I trying to do? What's my objective? So it's really important that you do these things with the end user instead of to or for them. And if you, if you will honor that relationship, the really cool thing about that is a lot of times through this process, and by the way, requirements aren't created or, or um, kind of gathered, they're co-discovered, in my opinion. And through this process of, again, kind of asking dumb questions, if you yeah, will, yeah. and working with the end user, not, the, the cool thing is you both learn from that. And a lot of times the end user, because they're very expert at what they do, they don't really know kind of why in often cases. They know how, they, how they've been doing it. And so through this process of interrogation, they occur on these little epiphanies and they go, wow, I never really thought about that before. And so there's these little aha moments that occur. And it's very bonding. Um, that relationship that you're building by honoring them and, and listening to their story and kind of observing how they do work. And so the really cool thing is if you do this really well, not only do you nail, because you're, you're observing all the little twists and turns and, and, and things that you thought were a certain way that you find or not, uh, you also build this incredible rapport with your end user so that they actually trust you. Yeah. So. Yeah, it, it's fun. Sometimes you don't even know yet the problem you have, and then all of a sudden, through that epiphany, and like, wow, and that seems simple. It's not, and they tend not to be complex. It's like, oh, yeah, that, all right, let's go. And everybody's like, all right, pals, and we're good. Where, where, do you, where do you see it going? I mean, I know that, that Boeing is, I mean, it just makes sense. Yeah. That, I mean, I don't even know where you start. I mean, it, it, the whole thing of Boeing probably benefit from it. Where, where do you see it going? Um, so, in terms of the technology, yeah. or yeah. so I, I think as is, is amazing as XR technologies are, and, and it, we're very visual again, so it, it's really enticing to us. It's really appealing. Um, as cool as that is, it's not the complete picture. So, I like to think of XR as being a component in my toolbox of things that I can do. The ultimate goal for me as a, a human factor psychologist is um, I want to protect your your attentional resources. The, the single biggest thing that we can bring as humans to a, a given situation is our ability to attend in a, in a thoughtful and meaningful way. And so my goal in, in two words basically is, right, let's, let's give it three, cognitive noise abatement. I want to turn down the, the noise and I want to turn up the gain on the signal so that you have less to attend to and you can do a more thorough job of the things that you're trying to accomplish. I could go on forever. That's just <laughs> sorry. That's, no, no. Yeah, it's, it is a podcast. Uh, sadly, we got, there's there's a lot more. But that how does somebody? I'm a nerd for that. I love doing this stuff. By the way, I so. know. I, I I I love it. I love it because it just keeps on, you know, bringing in more questions. It's like what? What, what, what I need about to get that? A book written. I, <laughs> I need that too. <laughs> so how do if somebody saying, hey, you know, Brian's doing it. I need to talk to somebody about it. I. How, what would be your recommendation to get in the hold of you, or what? How, how would they begin that journey? So, um, I can be reached at, at brian.d.laughlin at boeing.com. Okay, get that D in there, Scott. Okay, <laughs> got it. And, and just have a conversation. Yeah, um, send me email. Um, I'll, I'll answer it as best I can. Um, there, there's a lot of really great books out there. Uh, one that I would recommend for sure is uh, is called Predictably Irrational 
and it speaks to kind of the human condition and how we like to congratulate ourselves and say, well, given the preponderance of evidence, and I will dutifully weigh them all and I will make the best choice. And that's not true at all. And this whole book, I think it's Dan O'Reilly, and forgive me if I mistake pronouncing his name, but brilliant guy. At a minimum, please watch the TED Talk on that. Another great book that you can check out that'll help you with this kind of understanding process first is Start With Why by Simon Sinek, yes. one of my favorite yeah, authors. Yeah, Brilliant yeah. guy. There you go, man. So those two are foundational. His name's Brian. Company's Boeing. Extended reality was on the talk, a topic. That was pretty cool. Thanks. You were great. Oh, All right, once again, IoT Solutions World Congress. Put it on your calendar. It's a must-tend event. We're going to wrap it up on the other side, so stay tuned. We'll have all the contact information for Brian, so fear not. We will be right back. You're listening to the Industrial Talk Podcast Network. As we wrap up this episode of Industrial Talk, a thought comes to mind. Change is happening. Change is happening in industry. You can, you know, look at Brian's conversation. Amazing stuff is being done at Boeing to make our lives better, safer, and definitely more efficient. Change is happening. And the only way that I know how to deal with change is that I'm going to continue to educate. I'm going to continue to collaborate. And I'm going to definitely look at ways of innovating. Just like Brian and Boeing are doing. We must make this a priority. Because change is happening. And it's happening ever so fast. It's, it's, you got to keep up with it. So that means you got to keep educating. That's what this platform is all about. This platform is dedicated to education, dedicated to highlighting the best thinkers in industry that and anybody else, because it's important that we continue to pursue that education. That's why Industrial Talk is here. In light of that, we are creating a three-part series, a three-part series on metaverse and um, augmented reality or virtual reality. That's number two. And then going to have both the the providers of solutions and the users of solutions get together on a roundtable because I think this is really important to have this conversation. We're going to do it with logistics. We're going to do it in manufacturing. We're going to just because I think that these conversations have to be elevated and discussed. Be bold, be brave, dare greatly. Hang out with Brian and you're going to change the world. We're going to have another conversation from IoT Solutions World Congress shortly, so stay tuned.